Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Andy Levy, former Fox News and CNN HLN guy and current cable news conscientious objector. I'm a former libertarian who now sits comfortably on the left. Hi, I'm Danielle Moody, former educator and recovering lobbyist. But today I'm an unapologetic woke commentator on America's threats to democracy. And I'm producer Jesse Cannon, and I'm here to make sure things don't go too far off the rails. We're here to have fun, smart conversations with some of the most knowledgeable and entertaining people in politics, media, and beyond. Our goal is to try and make sense of our current crazy world, our new abnormal, and hopefully even make you laugh through the tears. Hello, and welcome to another Sunday bonus edition of The New Abnormal. We thank you so much for being here. Today, we have an extra special guest with Reason Magazine senior editor Elizabeth Nolan Brown. She's going to talk to us about the totally insane bill out of Oklahoma that would bar you from sending sexy selfies unless you're married, as well as a new AI fraud bill that has some serious problems. But first, let's have some fun. Andy, Danielle, I have some news. We're not ready to listen to some clips. What? Oh. Instead, I have a presentation of Dementia J. Trump's <laughs> growing mental decline. <laughs> Since I'd argue this week, we got most of his greatest hits of him slipping into a very bad mental state. So with that, are you ready to listen to a demented old man ramble? Demented old man mm-hmm. ramble. <laughs> All right, let's start with, there's no words. I, I, I can't put into justice how to intro this. I tried and I just can't do it. Reports the crowds, you know. By the way, they never report the crowd on January 6th. You know, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, you know, they, did you know they destroyed all of the information, all of the evidence, everything, deleted and destroyed all of it, all of it, because of lots of things. Like Nikki Haley is in charge of security. We offered her 10,000 people. Yeah. I mean, you know, her name does begin with N. (laughs) So I guess that's how you would mix up your former ambassador and Nancy Pelosi, the former speaker of the House, who was the speaker on January 6, 2021. Wow. But all you have to do is say Nikki Haley three times and apparently she appears. <laughs> yeah. so there's that too. Yeah. It's like Beetlejuice. Right. Or Candyman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We talked about this earlier in the week and, and he is just, uh, he's so far gone. The amazing thing is we concentrate on the fact that he doesn't know the difference between Nikki Haley and Nancy Pelosi. And we should talk about that. But also he just sits there and says that they destroyed all the evidence of whatever he thinks what does he think they destroyed the evidence of of January 6th? I mean, we've all seen the video. We have literally all seen the video over and over again in some cases. The evidence is right there. And uh, I assume this is, you know, what he's saying is they destroyed the evidence of what? Of, uh, of Antifa actually being the ones who did it? In which case, why do you keep saying you're going to pardon all the people who have been thrown in jail for it. Everything is just so stupid. And and he is just, he is gone, man. Is it destroyed the evidence? Like, is there a pool in the Capitol building (laughs) that maybe they might (laughs) have just flooded the hallways with? 
oops, I may be mixing something (laughs) up here. (laughs) Easy mistake. All right. Well, we often have to talk about how uh, America is kind of reaping what it's sowed. And I think on that note, Donald J. Trump is on to something with this rant. Um, Maybe this should be our new Pledge of Allegiance. She's incapable of solving even the smallest, smallest problem. The simplest of problems we can no longer solve. We can't do anything. We are an institute and a powerful death penalty. We will put this on. We have to. What? (laughs) I first have to ask, was that music added in? From what I my research showed, that music is some of the music that they play at his rally, so it was not added in. Uh, Oh, my God. So, like, he was actually just speaking to that music? Uh, that 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 is what Twitter showed me when I tried to fact check, but we can't trust Twitter for fact checking. That's so. true. Okay. All right. Uh, regardless, what the fuck was he saying? What was yeah. he talking about? <laughs> we are an institute of a death penalty. That sounds like America to me, buddy. I don't know what <laughs> the fuck she, you're talking she, about. And she and she? who is the she? <laughs> well, America. America. This is the Lady Liberty. Wow. America, uh, the beautiful. Hmm. You lost me with that one. <laughs> yeah. Really? You guys can't see kids in school putting their hands over their hearts and looking at the flag and reciting this? We are an institute in a powerful death penalty. We will put this on. <laughs> <laughs> those, are, those are just words put together. They're not I even a sentence. I don't. You know, I like to think that after eight, nine, ten years of this, I've become fairly fluent in Trump. But I, I can't parse this one. No. Wow. Uh, Jesse, I have to say, this does feel a lot like we're listening to clips. <laughs> Listen, I feel like I was this lied is, to. This is this is like when they just slightly reformat the show a little, like you know, uh, like, oh, like right, you, okay. Let me have the illusion I'm doing my All job right, and working fair hard. Enough. Fair thank enough. you, thank you. I appreciate it. Now you can put on your resume. Came up with new segment. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> my quarterly report's going great. <laughs> yeah, okay, understood. <laughs> um, All right, because Mr. Trump's supporters are um, morons, Mm, they have given mm. us our quiet part out loud segment for the week. Here's one saying what Mr. Trump would like to keep quiet, and Project 2025 from the Heritage Foundation has wet dreams, too. You're right. That's very interesting. Don't say that too loud, Del Sot said. He wants more. He's a fascist. You know, they love to call me a fascist. I hate the way he speaks. They love to call. <laughs> I just hate it so much. They love to call me a fascist. Like it's like jazz hands constantly coming out of his mouth. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's really good. I'm gonna start mm, putting mm. that emoji at the end of his uh, quotes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just picture all the truth posts with the jazz hands at the end. With the jazz hands at the end. Yeah, yeah I like this. This is gonna make it much happier when I read them. Now. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if you because it was a little hard to understand him, the guy from the audience shouted, I think it was 12 more years of Trump. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's correct. And that's what Trump was saying. You're right, too. But don't say that too loud. Good stuff. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I have a feeling, you know, we used to chant four more years at a lot of rallies for reincarnation. Like I could see this being the locker up of the new season, you know, 12 more years. I could just see the, the supporters glomming onto this one. Oh, Absolutely. And so 12, we're getting that number from where exactly? (laughs) Like, are they also changing the terms, like a term limit? Like, so it's not four years? Actuarial tables. Yeah, that's that's where I was going with this. Uh, Okay. So there's very, very big news this week. One, Senator Tim Scott, he got engaged to what many said is his fake girlfriend. 
Mr. Trump uh, wanted to wish him a happy engagement in the <laughs> way he only he can. And today was a big story, the biggest story out there. He's engaged to be married. We never thought this was going to happen. What's going on? <laughs> There's one way to congratulate somebody. Uh, and I'm sure that big fucking dummy was there with a grin. <laughs> me neither. Uh, yeah. I hope they got the postage off of her. Oh, God. I mean, look, I guess there will be cynical people who will say, well, Tim Scott is maybe interested in being Trump's vice president. And maybe that has something to do with the timing of this surprise announcement to this woman that nobody has ever apparently met. And to those people, I would say, shame on you. And also, you are correct. <laughs> I started to have some sympathy. You know, Andy, you and I are on in the years and unmarried. I could see Danielle saying this about us if we either of us ever got engaged. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to play it. I'm going to play <laughs> yeah, it at the end. Like, yeah. we never thought it would happen. <laughs> what is going on? What is going I'm, on? I'm thinking Trump impersonator singing telegram. Yeah, I love this. <laughs> Thank you for the idea. Uh, well, if, if I ever get engaged when there are rumors going around that I've been asked to join the daily, <laughs> you will know that it's a phony engagement. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm tired of listening to that buffoon. We do sadly have to deal with some very, very horrifying business here. Here we have a clip from Charlie Kirk's podcast and Mr. Charlie Kirk. You may remember Mr. Kirk from mounting an effort to defame Dr. Martin Luther King in recent weeks. Here we have a real quiet out loud moment from him. And that's why I think this United story and the DEI story yes. hits so hard because we've all been in the back of a plane when the turbulence hits or when you're flying through a storm and you're like, I'm so glad I saw the guy with the right stuff and the square jaw get into the cockpit before we took off. And I feel better now. Thank no, you. I mean, about like, that. you want to go thought crime? Like, I'm sorry. If I see a black pilot, I'm going to be like, boy, I hope he's qualified. Well, that's the you wouldn't have done that. You wouldn't have. You no, wouldn't have done that not, before. That's not an immediate. No, you wouldn't that's have done not that who I am. That's no. not what I believe. It is the reality the left has <laughs> created. Oh, oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Yeah, that's not who he is. That's not what he <laughs> yeah, believes. Right. Yeah, because, you know, the first thing that I think about when there's turbulence on a plane is thank God for white pilots. <laughs> Personally, it's the square jaw that really gives me the confidence oh, in yeah, my pilot. Because God. apparently they're all drawn by Marvel. What the fuck are you talking about, sir? I mean, the first thing I think about is thank God planes fly themselves. <laughs> like, do you think the pilot is up there? This is not Top Gun. When you're an airline pilot, like these planes, I'm not minimizing the skill of a pilot. I'm just saying these planes mostly fly themselves at this point. This is this, the, the latest boogeyman for the right is uh, this DEI, diversity and equity and inclusion. And, and they are trying to blame the fact that all these Boeing planes are falling apart on DEI because there's nothing that they won't try to tie into whatever their recent thing is. You may remember critical race theory. It feels like ancient history now. That was DEI before DEI came along. And before that, it was just affirmative action. And before that, it was whatever they've decided. And they're very upfront about this. Uh, Chris Rufo, who is sort of, you know, the glamour boy behind all of this and gets 
the the New York Times profiles with the pictures of him on the beach and whatever. He literally gets out there and says, what we want to do is make everyone equate things like DEI with, you know, things like planes falling apart. Mm. Like he he doesn't there's no quiet part for him. He literally says this shit. And that's exactly what Charlie Kirk is doing here. And I would also point out that when he's talking about the square jawed pilots, there's obviously sexism and misogynism built in there. He's not specifically saying he, he doesn't want a woman pilot, but it's what he means. These are just horrible people. I hate it. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When picking a commerce platform for your business, you have two choices. Or, I prefer, don't you? That's the sound you'll hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell, online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling your business's complexity no matter how big you grow. Step up to Shopify and harness the best converting checkout and the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands like Rothy's, Allbirds, Brooklinen, and so much more. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache. Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate your products, orders, customers, and more from every major e-commerce platform to Shopify. If you're anything like me, you're one of those don't put me in a box people. Everyone who knows me knows. I'm a don't put me in a box person. And thankfully, Shopify never will, because with Shopify, control of your brand and business is always in your hands, from your storefront look to your back office operations. I hate when checking out from an online store and then having to pull out my credit card and type in all those numbers. A Shopify store remembers my shipping address and payment information. So if I'm on the couch and my wallet is on the kitchen counter... I don't even have to get up. Stop leaving sales on the table. Switch your business to Shopify and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their business. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash abnormal, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash abnormal, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash abnormal. A new bill in the House of Representatives could outlaw things like parodies and political cartoons, and a soon-to-be-introduced bill in Oklahoma could make sexting anyone other than your spouse illegal. Here now to explain these stupidities is Elizabeth Nolan Brown, senior editor of Reason and author of Reason's Sex and Tech newsletter. Elizabeth, thanks so much for being here. 
Yeah, thank you for having me on. So you've written about both these pieces of legislation at Reason. Let's start with the federal bill. It's called the No Artificial Intelligence Fake Replicas and Unauthorized Duplications, which is where they come up with these dumb names so that they can get an acronym, in this case, No AI Fraud Act. So how does a bill with that name that specifically talks about AI fraud threaten parodying politicians, for example? Are you telling me that it's not narrowly and expertly crafted so that it only applies specifically to the use of AI for fraudulent purposes? Because I, I refuse to believe that, Elizabeth. Yeah, shockingly, this this bill trying to regulate a new technology is not perfectly clear in defining that technology or narrowly crafted to target it. You know, yeah, it, it purports to be about stopping things like it, it mentions there was a a song titled Heart on My Sleeve, which purported to be by Drake in the weekend, but wasn't. Or someone made a fake endorsement with Tom Hanks saying that he was uh, endorsing a dental plan that he didn't. So it says that it's about stuff like that, using AI to like, you know, impersonate celebrities and, and sort of do fraudulent things. But of course, the way the bill is written would encompass so much more than that. It essentially creates a, a federal right, uh, publicity right. It says that your own voice and your own likeness are your own intellectual property and no one else can use them without it being a written agreement that is involves a lawyer and a collective bargaining agreement saying that you allow it. Um, if, if that's not the case, then, then a person could sue if their likeness or voice was used in any way. And the way it defines this, it doesn't have to be anything that involves AI being used to create the, the depiction or, or the audio. It doesn't have to involve fraud. It says that even if you state that this is a parody or whatever, that, that it still is, that's not a defense. So the way it's written, it's broad enough that it could, you know, if someone is being depicted on an SNL skit or in a cartoon like South Park or Family Guy or in a political cartoon or, or basically just anything that where EFF, the Electronic Frontier, said, probably if you're recording or portraying a human, it's probably covered. Like, that's how broad the bill has been written. It's insane. And uh, something you just said really uh, got at me that even if you clearly state that you've created something that is, you know, not authorized by the person who is being depicted. So like if you if you draw someone digitally and you say clearly, you know, this is a parody or whatever, it wouldn't matter. You would still run afoul of this law. Right. If you if you know you had a you had a um, Twitter account or a TikTok account or something pretending to be some political figure, pretending to be Trump, pretending to be Biden, whatever, and you very clearly stated like fake Donald Trump or something like that, that would be no defense, even if it was very very clearly parody. If you used his you know picture as your profile pic or you know pretended to use his voice, then that then that could fall under the confines of this law. And then another thing I don't get, or actually, I think the bill's authors, Representatives Maria Elvira Salazar, a Republican from Florida, and Madeline Dean, a Democrat from Pennsylvania, they talk about like this applies to what they call digital depictions of people. Do they not realize that? At least as I see it, a digital depiction would cover, say, like a professional artist or a professional comic book artist or any kind of artist who creates using, like, for example, an Apple Pencil and an iPad Pro. Yeah, I mean, and it could be even broader than that. I mean, if you think about it, like almost everyone who takes a photo today is not taking that photo with, you know, film and, and, and an old right. school. Uh, they're taking it on their phone. They're taking a digital image and they're generally using a, a you know, digital platform of some sort be it a phone or a computer or, you know, to, to share that image. So 
it could, you know, it could be read to cover literally any photograph of someone. It could be read to cover news photographs or or all sorts of situations where we would want to be capturing someone's digital likeness in, in a way that wasn't fraudulent at all. Right, exactly. So like if, if you, you know, used a picture because it gets into this murky area and this is where I hate when lawmakers come up with these bills and they clearly don't know shit about technology. And you could take a photo and digitally retouch it to like, let's say, do nothing to the image of the person, but remove the background or or take out someone else in the background. And then all of a sudden it's like, nope, you digitally, you know, messed with this. So now you're you're under this law. Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is that, like, people will defenders of the law will say, like, well, you know, but okay, some of these uses wouldn't that would not stand up in court. You know, like it's actually only going to be used for the bad stuff. might be written this broadly, but like nobody's going to actually, you know, award someone a lawsuit because they you know, took a picture of someone and digitally altered the background. But the thing is, the way it's written, lawsuits would be allowed to be brought for that criteria. And so if you wanted to defend yourself, you'd still have to muster the time and the resources and everything to defend yourself in court over things that were very clearly First Amendment protected speech. Yeah. Back in the day, we used to call that a chilling effect. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I believe uh, (laughs) I still do. (laughs) Okay. A lot of this sounds to me like government officials saying, we're sick of you people making fun of us. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, that's obviously speculation, but that's that's sort of what it seems like. You know, um, Mike Vaznick at, at Tector has pointed out that there's been a push for for decades now to create a federal right of publicity, which which is what this would do. You know, saying that, you know, you have your your you know, you can sue if someone uses your your likeness or your image without your consent. And this sort of uses AI and this new technology to usher in something that the politicians have long wanted because it would make it a lot easier for politicians to sue people who, who use their images and make fun of them or to at least, you know, chill speech so much that, you know, say social media platforms aren't going to allow it because they just don't want to bother with the lawsuits. Yeah. And that's another thing that I, I think you point out in the article that the this law does not this law would apply to the platforms that that host these images. Yes, it wouldn't just apply to the to the creator of the image, but also anyone who who helps distribute it or publish it and, and things like that. Um, and that's a case where, you know, the, the federal law, Section 230. Right. We would think it would apply because, you know, Section 230 pr- prohibits, you know, social media platforms and other other digital platforms from being held liable for user content. But there are some exceptions and intellectual property is one exception. And this bill specifically says that that this like right to your likeness would fall under intellectual property exceptions. Oh, okay, that's interesting because I was trying to figure out how that you know worked with Section Two Hundred and Thirty being in place. All right, let's move to Oklahoma. Not literally. I know you're a married woman, and I respect that. <laughs> the bill in question here is a quote unquote anti porn measure sponsored by Republican State Senator Dusty Devers, which somehow is not a porn name. <laughs> what does this bill aim to do? This bill is even more nuts. Dusty Devers, he he got into office. He was just elected, I think, last fall. And he just got into office. And he just put forth, like, a whole bunch of bonkers bills. Like, another one that he put forth last week is one that would end no-fault divorce in Oklahoma. So just if that tells you where this guy is coming from. The new bill would create a, a new category uh, under, like, the obscenity and in, in statutes in the state called unlawful pornography. And it's basically broad enough to, to capture... You know, obviously things that we think of as porn, like, you know, videos or uh, of people 
having having sex but it would also include um you know any sort of fetish stuff like it says you know the bondage would specifically be be off limits and then just even the you know the very tame stuff of, of you know sort of a playboy photos or even the stuff that people maybe often like you know text each other it says any lewd exhibition of the genitals buttocks or if such person is a female the breast for the purpose of sexual stimulation. So it's it's broad enough to, to you know, include like any person's like butt selfie, for example. <laughs> it also includes, you know, um, perform- live performances and plays. So that would seem to in- include, you know, strip clubs, definitely. And maybe also burlesque and drag performances and things like that. Yeah, this is unreal. And, I, you know, I was looking through the text of the bill as you describe it, and there's always things that jump out at me. One of the things that you wrote about is you say that under this bill, unlawful depictions include, quote, sexual intercourse, which is normal or perverted, like as defined by Dusty Deavers. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, that, that's the other thing. It's like, who would decide this? Because there are all these mentions in there, I guess, to try and make this seem like it's a little bit less totally unconstitutional. There are all these things saying that like, well, this stuff wouldn't be banned or it wouldn't be criminalized if it's found to have serious literary or artistic or political or scientific or educational merit. You know, that doesn't really save anything because again, like who is going to say that? The same people that would introduce or pass a law like this? Like, I don't think that they're capable of, of deciding that. Yeah. How does this play with sort of the whatever federal definitions of pornography that we have in place today? So it plays on the obscenity thing, which is sort of like a three-pronged task saying that, you know, it has to be sexual conduct that's patently offensive by contemporary community standards. It appeals to a prurient interest in sex. And, and lacks, you know, the, the serious literary, et cetera, value. That's, you know, the way that Oklahoma defines obscenity. So it specifically says that all unlawful porn would, would count as that unless it has this value. And then it goes on to say that, you know, it would be illegal to make such porn. It would be illegal to distribute such porn. And it would even be illegal to view or possess such porn. So the way it's written, it's broad enough to be like, if you got a selfie from someone, if you got that butt selfie from someone and you looked at it, you could be guilty of a felony, which would be punishable by up to 20 years in prison or a $25,000 fine. This is unbelievable. And as if all these definitions that are used in the bill aren't bad enough, it's one of these bills that empowers anyone to bring a suit against someone if they think they're violating it. It's one of these tattletale bills. Yeah, it's like the the Texas um, abortion bounty law bill where it's like it can be through private lawsuits. It, it criminalizes it so a prosecutor could go after it. But also it says anybody has a right to bring a lawsuit against anybody who, you know, distributes or creates unlawful pornography. Again, it's like one of those weird attempts to try and get along around the First Amendment concerns by being like, well, no, no, no. Okay, but what if we don't enforce it? What if just like other people do? Then, then you know, it's totally constitutional, which is something we're seeing more and more with the way that these sort of very draconian laws are being written these days. Yeah, it's absolutely unbelievable. And also, couldn't this lead to, let's say, there's someone I don't like. And so I send them a naked picture from some encrypted device so it can't be traced back to me. And then the minute they look at it, they have violated the law and then I turn them in. Right. It's, it's again, like one of those things where people will say like, OK, well, obviously it's not going to be used to go after people who just like do do this very tame stuff. But the thing with laws like this is that, or bills like this is that, you know, they could be selectively enforced. So again, yes, it's probably, I don't think that Oklahoma, if this bill would become law, I don't think that they'd, you know, have a police to go around and like monitor everyone's phones, but it could be used against people who had particular enemies who wanted it to be used against them. Or it could be used against people that police were going after for other reasons because they were like already in marginalized communities. 
and, and things like that. Also, it contains this weird clause. I forgot to mention this, where it says this is not meant to go after married couples who are communicating with each other. So it has this like weird carve out if you're if you're sexy <laughs> while married. Oh my God. Yeah, that's, that's unbelievable. You know, it's funny that there's something that you brought up for both of these bills and it's like, you know, that proponents say, well, it would never be used in this way, which first of all, of course it would. But second of all, that's a cop out, like write the bill so that it can't be used that way. Don't just say, you know, oh, well, it would never be used that way. Right. And because, I mean, we see that every time someone says that, then then eventually, though, once the law gets passed, you do see people trying to use it in that more extreme way. If you write a law broad enough to be used in an extreme way, it's it's going to be used by extremists is, is the you know bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. And you brought up that Dusty Devers is a newly elected state senator, I think it is. And, you know, that he's put up a bunch of wacky bills. And so, as you say, it would be really easy to just dismiss this bill as, oh, this is some weird asshole legislator proposing something that has no chance of passing. But as you point out, this is part of a much larger wave of anti-porn and anti-sexual expression efforts that Republicans are undertaking all across the country. Yeah, and maybe I'm naive, but I don't think that this bill is written is going to pass and become law in Oklahoma. But I still think it was worth pointing out because it's it's you know it's not just one one guy who is is doing this. Like we're seeing similar sort of attitudes, similar legislation um, in in state houses around the country. We're seeing you know national lawmakers like J.D. Vance and Josh Hawley, uh, you know, talking about how we need to ban porn. Um, we've seen you know New York Times, Ross Duthat, and the Times wrote about you know how we should ban porn. Like this is. This is not a totally fringe position within within today's GOP. Yeah. And also, I have to say, I'm like if if the last seven or eight years have taught me anything, it's to not dismiss these bills as crazy things that have absolutely no chance being passed, because I think I, I feel like we've seen time and time again that there's a lot of bills that at least I think that uh, that suddenly I turn around and next thing I know, they're law. Right. I mean, like, I keep thinking of the Comstock Act, which is this, you know, more than a century old bill that prohibits, you know, mailing um, obscene right. materials, including, you know, abortion instruments um, through the mail. And everyone thought like, well, we don't need to repeal that because like, whatever, it hasn't been used in, in 100 years, no one's gonna use it. And now suddenly with, with you know, Roe overturned, a lot of state Republicans are like, yes, we need to bring back the Comstock Act and start prosecutions under this again. So, you know, if you if you have these bills out there, but again, people will use them in ways that are extreme. Yeah. I want to jump back just for a second before we end to the No AI Fraud Act. I'm curious what you think about this. Why do they use the phrase digital depiction when that is such a broad term that encompasses so many things that do not include AI? Is it straight up ignorance or is it just, you know, are, are they trying to get at something here that I'm not seeing? I don't really know. I mean, yeah, I think the cynical way to to interpret it is that, you know, they want it to be broad and vague and malleable so that it can be used to go after whatever people in power don't like. The more charitable explanation is just that a lot of times, you know, early drafts of bills are written by legislative staffers who are not actually experts in, in you know, anything in, in technology or First Amendment law or anything like that. And they just sort of are like, uh, how are we going to how are we going to write something broad enough to get after what we want? And they just don't. They're just not precise in writing it. And I think, uh, you know, I, I don't know which it is. I think either one is a believable explanation. Yeah. And maybe I'm being conspiratorial here, but sometimes I think because I know that, like, for example, film directors will notoriously put in extra scenes that they know 
they'll have to cut in order to get a certain rating. And then by doing that, like they'll put in more extreme scenes that they know that the MPAA will say, well, you have to cut this. But by doing that, it lets sort of maybe less obviously, for example, R-rated type scenes slide through with a PG-13 rating. And so sometimes I think, oh, they put all this stuff in the bill so then it can get watered down a little bit and then you and then they can say, see, we compromised. and But you're still left with a horrible bill. Yeah, I think that's definitely plausible with the Oklahoma one, too, that, you know, it's, it's so extreme so that it's like, OK, well, we'll let sexy selfies stand. And then it's like, oh, OK, we compromise. Like, let's just board all the, ban all the rest of porn. So I definitely see some of that in that one. Yeah. OK, good. So I'm not being conspiratorial, maybe. Or we both are. Uh, or we both are. Yeah, that's probably a good bet. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being here and talking to us about these crazy bills. And I enjoy your writing and, and you, you kill it on your beat. What you do is, I think, not to overstate it, I think it's an actual service to this country. <laughs> no, I, I, I really do. I know that sounds, you know, whatever, but, but I really do think that. And I've always enjoyed reading your writing. Elizabeth, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Hope you enjoy checking out this episode of The New Abnormal. We're back every Tuesday, Friday, and Sunday. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend and keep the conversation going. This podcast is a Daily Beast production with production by Jesse Cannon and Seamus Calder. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.